Before we get to that ear candy that is in the bullpen with Mark Dewey, the new baseball podcast on the Fight Laugh Feast Network, if you're a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, first I want you to take your right hand, place it over your left shoulder, and pat yourself on the back. Yes, this show is happening because of you deciding to become a Fight Laugh Feast Club member and helping us build rowdy Christian media. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The second thing I want you to do is you should already be on the Fight Laugh Feast app. If you're not on the Fight Laugh Feast app, you will not get the rest of the shows with Mark Dewey. We are going to drop three shows on the iTunes thingamabobber. And then after that, if you want to listen to Mark Dewey in the bullpen with Mark Dewey every week, you're going to have to have the Fight Laugh Feast app. So these three shows are just a taste for you to get the Fight Laugh Feast app. Come, come, remember. Oh, shameless plug. All right. In the bullpen with Mark Dewey. Will there be baseball at all in 2020? Have you even considered that question? Well, consider the fact that there is no Major League Baseball right now, no Minor League Baseball right now, and even college baseball has been shut down. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In many parts of our country, even high school and Little League baseball has been suspended indefinitely. All of baseball... All sports and all of life have been impacted by the coronavirus and our reaction to it. So the question may not be as ridiculous as it first sounded. Consider that just several weeks ago, we weren't in any concern that we were going to miss out on opening day. And several days ago, people were not talking about the Major League season starting sometime after Memorial Day. Undoubtedly, when events like this take place, events that I have not seen in my lifetime, Uh, the impact not only obviously on baseball, but in every aspect of life, it has undoubtedly been said that when it rains, it pours. And when I hear those words, I am reminded of a statement that a friend of mine always makes, even when it pours, Jesus rains. And in times like this, whether we're baseball fans or not, that should be kept in our mind. Christ Jesus is sovereign, and he is sovereign over baseball, and he's sovereign over viruses. But if we're talking baseball, And if we're talking about the fact that professional baseball and even other levels are not going to go on for quite some time, it raises the question. Many people have been asking it. What shall we do until baseball begins again? Well, there are various things that people are doing. Some have suggested reading good books. Some are going to watch old games. Ken Burns has uh, PBS streaming for free his documentary series, and I haven't seen that for I don't know, two or three years, maybe longer, so I think I'm going to take him up on that one. But I want to suggest that what we can do is we can meet in the bullpen and talk. We can talk baseball, and we can talk life, because that's what happens in a bullpen. In a minor league bullpen or a major league bullpen, there are conversations nonstop, almost. Sometimes it has to do with baseball and the game that's going on that night, or the game in in a bigger sense, maybe looking back with fond memories or looking forward, especially if you're a minor league pitcher in the bullpen, and dreaming about being a major league pitcher. But there are also conversations about any number of things that have to do with life not directly tied to baseball. 
I get a magazine that comes about, I think, every quarter. It is the official magazine of the Hall of Fame, that, of course, being the Baseball Hall of Fame. And in big letters on the top is the name of the magazine, Memories and Dreams. It's a very good title. Baseball gives us a lot of good memories and leads to dreams, especially if you're a young boy dreaming to become a Major League Baseball player. But as good as that title is, what I like even better is the motto that is on top. So above the title, in much smaller lettering, it says this, Preserving History, Honoring Excellence, Connecting Generations. I love that. It's right up there with Fight, Laugh, Feast. The Hall of Fame wants to honor excellence, and it does so in part by preserving history and connecting generations. I would like to pursue excellence in all things, including when we meet on this podcast, and we do that by honoring excellence, by preserving history, and by connecting generations. And in many ways, that's what happens in the bullpen. When pitchers and and a catcher and maybe a position player is not playing that day, might come down for a couple of innings, there might be a bullpen coach, but those are the kind of conversations that we have. Those are the kind of conversations that I want to have with you in the bullpen. Now, I want to go back now. I want to have a good memory. And if you were following baseball at this time, you will be reminded of what a great season it was, what a special season it was. And it was in large part due to a single individual, a young man who was playing Major League Baseball, a young pitcher. And in that summer and during that summer, I think something happened that was unique that hadn't happened prior to that summer, and I don't think has happened since that summer. This one person captivated the baseball world. Listen to this broadcast. It is a Monday night baseball game in June. It is a game that, from the standing standpoint, had no significance whatsoever. But listen to the electricity in the crowd. Listen to the excitement in the voices of the announcers, including a younger Bob Euchre. Three two to Hendricks. The fans ready to explode. Here's your pitch. Ground ball should be the ball game. It's over. And the Tigers act like Hendricks has just won the seventh game of the World Series. He has. <laughs> He's won seven in a row. He is some kind of unbelievable young Mark Hendricks. So Mark Hendricks. Thanking his teammates. Look at that. He's thanking his teammates. He's thanking the umpires, everybody, the ground crew. And the fans want him to come back. The fans are calling for him to come back. So that person who took baseball by storm that year was a young pitcher named Mark Fidrich. He got the nickname that summer, The Bird as his mannerisms reminded people of the Big Bird character on Sesame Street. And he was a very good pitcher. You heard there he pitched a complete game against the New York Yankees, a game which, by the way, took all of an hour and 51 minutes for him to complete. But you have to remember, this is 1976, and so you got to see the team in your market. So I lived in Michigan, and so I would get to see the Tigers on occasion and the American League. At that time, there was no interleague play. But you rarely got to see teams out of your market, and in particular out of the league, for my case that would be the National League, except twice a week. There was Saturday afternoon baseball, a nationally televised game, and Monday night baseball. 
this took place on ABC's Monday Night Baseball. And the excitement that took place was in due, due in part to the fact that Mark Fidrich was a very good pitcher. As a matter of fact, that year, he won the 1976 Rookie of the Year Award in the American League. He had a record of 19-9, and and I realize wins and losses don't carry much weight in our day anymore. But he also had an ERA of 2.34, and astonishingly, at least in my mind, he started 29 games that summer. He completed 24, including an 11-inning complete game against Milwaukee. So he was really good. But the Tigers weren't. As a matter of fact, they would go on to win only 74 games that year. Now, the Yankees were good. They won 97. They went to the World Series and then got beat by the Big Red Machine in the World Series. But again, you were talking late June. The Tigers were already out of it. The game from that standpoint meant absolutely nothing. Mark Fidrich was a good pitcher, but that's not why there was that excitement. Mark Fidrich was one of the unique characters in all of Major League Baseball history. He was a delight to watch. He was pure and, and, and he didn't have any idea of promoting his brand. If you had mentioned to him something on a, about a brand, he probably would have thought about something you put on a cow. But he was a guy that would stand on the mound. Well, let's, let's go back. Before he even got on the rubber, he would get down on his knees, and he would take his hands and push the dirt in front of the pitching rubber and pat it down with his hands. And then when he stood on the rubber and he would get his sign, he would be making all sorts of gestures. He'd have his hands out front. He would look like he's directing the ball. And then he would even hold the ball in his hand out in front and look like he was talking to the baseball. I mean, this guy was just a delight. And everybody, I mean, fans, broadcasters, even opposing players, loved watching this guy pitch. It was was great. And you heard at the end that the people there weren't going to leave until Mark Fidrich, the bird, came back out for a curtain call. Now that summer, this game was played at Tiger Stadium, so Mark Fidrich was home. But that summer, Detroit, as I said, was a bad team. So when he wasn't pitching, they might get 10,000, maybe 12, 15,000 fans. But every time he took the mound at Tiger Stadium that summer, they would have 45, 50, 51,000 fans packed in to Tiger Stadium. And they loved him, and they were not going to leave this night until he came back out. 21-year-old Mark Fidrich from Worcester, Mass. And here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, this is unbelievable. He loves him. <laughs> Look at that. Shaking the policeman's hand. Look at that. This kid is terrific. I, in my life, I've been in baseball 35 years. I have never in my life ever seen anything to equal this. The closest he's was when crying. Dale Long hit a home run. Why wouldn't he cry? He's Look so happy. He's flicking this. What an amazing summer. An amazing summer because of Mark the Bird Fidrich. But two years before he took baseball by storm on the national stage, he was pitching in Bristol, Virginia in the Appalachian League. And so people that... that he didn't have the nickname yet, obviously. That came in 1976. But his personality, his character, the delight to watch him would have been evident to people who were going to games in the Appy League in 1974. So, to, so, again, talk about good memories for those people. As a matter of fact, that season, his battery mate was uh, Lance Parrish, who would go on to be one of the better catchers, both offensively and defensively, in his generation. And people in the Appalachian League got to see Bobby Thompson nine years before he hit the shot heard around the world. They got to watch Dale Murphy, 
Jim Leland, who I believe is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day as a manager, began his managerial career in the Appy League. And then get this. In the Appy League, people in the area got to watch Nolan Ryan, Kirby Puckett, Cal Ripken Jr., and Alan Trammell all play at the beginning of their professional careers. The Appy League has been around for about a century. The last 80 years, it has been a part of affiliated baseball. In other words, the teams in this league have had an affiliation with a major league team. And so there are great memories for people that live in this area. And the reason I'm saying this area is because I live in the heart of the Appy League. Uh, Eight of the 10 teams in this league are less than 90 minutes from my house. The Bristol team is actually about 20 minutes from my house. And so people in this area for a century have been able to enjoy a beautiful summer evening at a ballpark fairly close to where they live for for a cost that was minimal in comparison to, say, a big league game. And they've got to see these kinds of people play. And at this level, because this level is one of the lower levels in professional baseball, you don't always see great baseball, but you do see some things you might not see anywhere else at any other time. But at the same time, you do get to see great baseball and obviously some great, even Hall of Fame players. And they've been able to do so. They've been able to enjoy a beautiful summer evening, uh, eating a hot dog or some popcorn, maybe enjoying a cold beer and watching great baseball. But why do I bring this all up? Well, I bring it up in part because it's a great memory going back to 76. It's a great memory for the people in the Appy League. It's a great memory for me in 76 because that year I was a 12-year-old boy living in Jenison, Michigan, and I loved baseball and I was an avid Tiger fan. But even people that weren't Tiger fans have great memories of 1976. People that live in the Appy League have great memories of any number of decades, including up to last year. But here's the situation. Just like in the bullpen... The conversations don't, aren't had with rose-colored glasses on. They're, they're real conversations, and they deal with some gut-wrenching things. And what may happen, what appears to be happening at the end of this season, and again, who knows what's going to happen with this season, even in the Appy League, which doesn't begin, isn't scheduled to begin until mid to late June, is that the minor league uh, system, or the league itself, the Appy League, may be gone. Right now, Major League Baseball, and and this has been on the back burner. It was a big story in the fall, and then other stories like the sign-stealing scandal and especially now the coronavirus have have kind of shelved it, got it to the back page. It's not being talked about. But it looks like the Apple League, other than one team, there's 10 teams in it, Pulaski might survive the cut, will be no longer at the end of this year. People will not be able to watch baseball like they have been for the last 100 years in this area. Another area that will be impacted, the whole league will be eliminated, is the Pioneer League. So if you're out in Montana or Idaho or Utah, you too may have no longer an opportunity to go a fairly short distance and spend a fairly insignificant amount of money to watch and enjoy baseball. Now, if you don't live near a minor league city, you might say, well, is it that big of a deal? Well, back in 1989, I played in San Jose. It was a high ball team for the Giants. And I don't recall right now if it was the A's or the Giants because both teams during that time had talked about moving out of Oakland or San Francisco and and going somewhere else. At one time, the Giants had been rumored to go to Tampa. But nonetheless, there was talk about one of those two big league teams moving into San Jose, which would, of course, mean that the San Jose Giants, an A-ball team, would cease to exist. And all of the fans there, the people that would go out night after night, they did not want that to happen. They would rather have an A-ball team 
than a big league team. And there's a number of reasons why, but one of them is because at that level, just like in the Appy League or in the Pioneer League, at that level, you're not simply seeing a number on a uniform. You're seeing a shortstop named Andre or a second baseman named Eric or a catcher named Steve or a pitcher named Rod. And those were all players on the 1989 San Jose Giants. All of them would, for at least some period of time, play in the big leagues for the San Francisco Giants. It was Andres Santana, Eric Johnson, Steve Decker, and Rod Beck. And in those situations, you get a chance to meet and interact with and know the players. And so they didn't want to see that go. And there are, right now, 42 cities in this country that may no longer have a minor league team when 2021 rolls around. So the memories and the dreams aren't always great, but baseball is a great game. And just like in the bullpen, we would talk about the bad and the ugly and the brutal. We would also spend most of our time talking about our dreams and about good memories as it regards baseball. We don't know when baseball is going to start up in 2020. We know who does, but we surely don't know. But whenever it does, we will again be able to see the dreams fulfilled for some and to once again have good memories. When baseball gets started again, we will be able to enjoy what is beautiful and what is good and what is true. We'll be able to watch a pitcher who doesn't have overpowering stuff, he doesn't throw overly hard, doesn't have a great curveball, come out and pitch. We sometimes say he paints. He moves the ball out and in, down and up. He throws a little bit harder and a little bit softer, and he gives his team a solid six or seven innings. Or, unlike Mark Fidrich, what rarely happens today, nine innings. We get to see a pitcher who comes out who does have a dominating pitch or two and just rares back and lets it fly and challenges the batter, kind of a mano-a-mano matchup. We get to watch the beauty of a catcher backpicking a runner off a first, a nicely turned double play, or an outfielder who gets a great jump at the crack of the bat, or even maybe a little bit before, and he sprints into the gap to get there just at the right time. It's really, I think about it as that in his head, he's doing both physics and geometry to get to that spot at exactly the right time. Sometimes to lay out and make a diving catch, or to time his jump, get up over the fence, and rob a home run. These are the things that we have to look forward to. We can also look forward to the fact that Major League Baseball right now has a number of players who haven't even reached 25 years of age, both pitchers and position players, who are exciting to watch. And we could talk about any number of them, but I'm going to stick with the Appy League connection. Because in Danville, Virginia, back in 2015, Ronald Acuna Jr. was playing for the Danville Braves. For the last two years, He's been playing for the Atlanta Braves, and he is one of the most exciting players in the game today. He can go get it in the outfield. Lined into center field. Acuna broke back. Still coming, still coming. Dives, and he got it. What a great catch by Acuna. And when the ball drops in and he can't catch it on the fly, it just gives him an opportunity to show off his machete. Telez. And that's hammered into the corner. And that'll hit hop high off the fence. Acuna got to it fast. He's going to unleash his throw. It's on the money, and in time, Acuna throws out his second runner of the night at second base. So he can go get it in the outfield. He can throw it from the outfield. 
And this guy can flat out rake. Traffic tonight. Acuna drive left center field. He's going to watch this one. Two run bomb for Acuna. And it's seven to five. It's a two run game with one swing of the bat. The first four hitters in this Braves lineup are as good as any in the game. Led by number 13. Oh, by the way, he also stole 37 bases last year with a success rate of a little bit over 80%. So he is a true five-tool player. And he is one of the things that we are disappointed about not being able to watch, but we're looking forward to whenever it is that the season gets underway. And no doubt, this stoppage is going to impact a lot of people in a lot of different ways, including even fans and the ability to have money to go watch baseball. And so baseball will be striving to to get fans back into the ballpark. And I'm all for that. If what we're trying to do is get fans in the ballpark or get people in the ballpark to become fans. And so ESPN this last spring had an all-access week where they mic'd up the players. And you got to hear the players. And you got to see their sense of humor. And you got to, to see how they thought through things in the game. I'm all for that. That's great. Because that is attracting fans and or developing fans. But for many years, actually many decades... I'm disappointed because I think that we have done a disservice by really being concerned more about getting people in the seats than actually getting fans or making fans. In other words, we're more concerned about getting people at the ballpark as opposed to them knowing the game and enjoying the game and loving the game. Back in 1991, I was playing in Phoenix. It was the AAA team for the San Francisco Giants at the time, and I was down in the bullpen. And early in the game, when the friend of mine knew I wasn't going to pitch, and that's another great thing about the bullpen, places like Phoenix Muni, places like Wrigley Field, when you're sitting in the bullpen as a player, the fans are two feet away from you. It's, it's, it's interesting. And so sometimes those conversations don't just stay among people in uniform, but they go to the fans. But anyway, my friend came down, and we were chit-chatting, and the inning came to an end. And then there was an announcement made, and it, was, it went something like this. Phoenix Firebirds baseball, more than just baseball. And my friend looked at me and he said, well, I think baseball is plenty. And I agree with him. And I think if we want to attract fans and make fans, we need to point them and all of us, remind all of us about how great the game is. Now, obviously, with all that's going on, we realize, I don't, I don't think anybody should ever not realize, but especially in times like this, real, we realize that baseball is nothing in comparison to some of the other things going on. No doubt about that. But if we're talking about sports, baseball is not just a game. It's better than that. It's greater than that. George Will said, baseball, it is said, is only a game. True. And the Grand Canyon is only a hole in Arizona. Not all holes or games are created equal. I love that quote. But somebody might challenge me. You might say to me, I like baseball, but, you know, it's okay. It's a good game. But, you would remind me, it is America's pastime. I'll grant you, do that maybe at one time it was the Grand Canyon of games, but not anymore. What do I have to say about that? I have plenty to say, but that's a conversation for another day. So join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.